G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive where uh, <laughs> deep I've dive. just discovered where some of the revenue has been going that the uh, younger people haven't been able to spend out on the town due to the relentless and repetitive lockdowns we've been forced to deal with. There was a stack of Jude Bolton's just pounding the pavement as I exercised this morning. Peter, you concur. Well, look, if you're not able to spend your money travelling, um, you know, what, your, your five to ten grand mark, you've got to spend it on something else. I'm not sure if private health necessarily covers that sort of behaviour this day and age, but uh, if you're able to, why not? Active Can wear, you get... Active wear for days too. Imagine, we, we should have bought shares in active wear early in this pandemic. Yeah. Um, can you actually get elective surgeries done during the lockdown in Victoria? Well, they'd find a way, wouldn't they? Hmm. I might get a bit of uh, fat frozen on my ass and chiseled off after all the beers I've been drinking and start to set in a bit. <laughs> Speaking of like the lockdowns, what about old Harvey? If Jerry. He, if, if Jerry sent, if, if you bought, well, we're about to buy a couple of TVs and we might look at um old 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 Harvos. If he sent, if we order three and he sends us six, can we just send one one back of the three extra he gave us? What about the timing of um, Jerry's... That's what he's doing with JobKeeper, isn't it? What about Jerry's timing of returning the JobKeeper money just before the uh, expose on uh, on 60 Minutes and the parliamentary inquiry and questioning what's going on about it? Elite work from Jerry. He's too good. He's too good. Like, we can't... We, we've done really well through the pandemic, the mailbag, so we're unable as a business to claim any kind of benefit from the government. Like, what chance are you of ever getting to their level near it when the rich get that? God bless them. God bless them. And that's why we're talking about stuff that's not racing. <laughs> I've had enough. I've had another thought. How how gone is democracy as a thing? If if a person who d- decides I don't want to get vaccinated, but I'm going to ingest horse wormer, has the same fucking say in what who governs us as a person like one of us who does what we're told. How is that a thing? If I run the country, which I never would, <laughs> I would just say, hey, mate, don't worry about it. You know, we'll fix your diarrhea. We'll fix your guts up. Live and learn. Probably don't take horse wormer. Um, good news is, if you fill out this form, you're going to be able to get welfare for the majority of your life because you're a fucking imbecile. But also, you'd be unable to vote, which they're probably going to be happy about. I've got no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds very interesting. People in New South Wales are presenting to emergency departments with, with vomiting and diarrhoea because they've ingested horsewormer in an attempt to stop COVID, Peter. I mean, people ingest all sorts of horse medications for various reasons, but I'm sure not all of those are to prevent COVID. Maybe read what's on the label next time. Just saying. Speaking of... Um the ingestion of that is it, I've been is it right that the self-anointed god of everything Joe Rogan has tested positive to COVID and taking ivermectin like how are you Jack with the news of that how is Rob Scurry gonna go with the news that their god has been taking ivermectin to treat COVID-19 who's is my it, god well you are a Joe Rogan type of man I've rarely, rarely ever listened to the podcast. It goes for too I long. Fear, I, fear for Rob, I fear for Rob Scurry right now. Oh, my God. It's all happening, eh? It's all <laughs> I, I, I Googled it to see if it was true. I, just because it's there doesn't mean it's true. Like, I don't even know what's true anymore. All I know is 
But, um, you know, when I'm stuck in something for 16 hours, I forget what's going on around me. <laughs> yeah, um, 16 hours. 16 hours is a uh, proper session. And that's yeah. how long this fucking preview show is going to go for if we don't get stuck <laughs> into some races. <laughs> oh, wow. Speaking of which curls, very timely, we are previewing Mooney Valley Race 3, Race 5, and Race 8. We've got the McEwen Stakes and the Fian, two Group 2 races. But, Jack Dickens, are the races going ahead? We've been smacked here in WA overnight with storms. I believe the storm front is going to be hitting Melbourne Friday with lots and lots of millimetres forecast. Well, our man, uh, young Jackson, uh, is convinced that it's going to be uh, biblical what's going to happen here. And not in a Liam Gallagher type of way. It's just going to be heavy, heavy rain, and it's not going to be good for ponies. We saw uh, an enormous amount of uh, moisture hit the Mooney Valley surface around this time last year, Peter. And we only got through maybe four or five races. Yeah. Fields were heavily depleted, and, and basically every leader won. Um, we've backed one horse in race three that has shown that it likes to swim. That's the only proper bet we've had earlier we've also nibbled one just as a sort of sp map bet uh later on which hasn't ever been on a heavy track but has gotten through and and just relishes uh, soft okay well you mentioned race three let's start with that race generation three dollars thirty from taunting 350 husker huesca i'll call it huskus huskus is nine dollars Adam Huskis was a ripper of football. I played for the Swans and then Port, yeah. maybe Brisbane. And he was a 16-hour man too, Curls, if you do a bit of de-oring, do your own yeah. research. Adam Huskis was a weapon he was. on and off the field. He yeah. would have he'd been a big, big Airbnb man, Adam Huskis. Huge! We've also got uh, Athelric for Ollie and Godolphin, $11. My Numero Uno, $12. And Bifrost, Bifrost, $12. Uh, this is a 1,200-metre race, race three, Mooney Valley, what was the bet you have early? Uh, we've had a small bet at Taunting. So mm. for those playing at home, we're well, well in front. Uh, I can't actually find the total right now, but I've we're going to have a yep. we're going to have a hundred dollars. Sorry, you go, Peter. Oh, plus six ninety. Plus six ninety. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a hundred on race three, number six, Taunting. Handled the soft. Um, gets gets the in form. The very hungry. Brady Preble on, replacing Jess Eaton. This horse has only from only been running around in Adelaide last preparation, but the trial was good. Uh, Shona it handles the track. Drawn barrier five. I think Brett can put this horse, you know, one pair back probably behind the lead, which I think will be generation from 11. Will cross. Duke of Dubai showed enough speed to be there or thereabouts. Scissor step. Elephants are fresh. We love that. Um, Bifrost was forward at its only Australian start, but that was a Packenham horse. Nana Goon synthetic meeting, so um, who knows? And then this Huskus, <laughs> Adam, Adam Huskus drawn ten, Gaybot. They love to roll forward, so it looks to be a really good amount of speed here. Um, interesting to see. Like the race does look like it sets. If it was a firmer track, it, it looks like it sets up really nicely for Ollie there. You know, Barry six horse has some speed, but not a heap. You get to sit him behind that good speed. Um, I could, you could sort of say the good riders are starting to come to the fore, but probably not the case just yet. Um, yeah, so look, I think Taunting will start favourite. I think it's drawn to get the right run. I think it handles the track conditions. So it's, a, it's as much of a box tick early bet as you can sort of have with the forecast. Okay, likeable start. 
the bets last week that saluted were obviously Tarath and Behemoth for those keeping score at home. Race 5, Group 2, McEwen Stakes over 1,000. Portland Skies favourite at 290 from September run. $3.60. Esther La Roca, $6.50. The Inferno, also a good drop of booze if you've that way inclined. $8 for Lane and C.I. Brown. Upwards the rest. Inferno's jump out was a really, really nice piece of work. Just never seen a soft track though, let alone a heavy. So I doubt it runs if the if the predicted precipitation hits, Peter. Um, so therefore the race gets a little bit thin. Portland Sky, obviously the 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 bomb proof horse here. You know it, it loves this track and trip. Uh, it's one from one on a soft. Hasn't seen a heavy last start was Mooney Valley and it ran second to. Mask Crusader, who I think is the best sprinter in the country now. So it's the box ticking horse. It's drawn Barry 9 and it's got old lethargic Luke Curry aboard. So it's probably going to miss the start and settle last and just flash <laughs> home for a nice performance like he did all of yesterday at Sandown. Um, Luke will start to hit his straps, just a matter of when. Um, I just don't think now is the time. Uh, Fine Dane, I like, and I, and I like it around the valley, but I don't like Barry 1 with the predicted precipitation. Um, and the, the, the most interesting horse here by mile is September Run. September yeah. Run's got an SP profile and a form references that are that, that even superior to uh, Portland Skies, just. Um, I, I can't see them running, though. I think this race will be depleted heavily by scratchings if the rain comes. Because what S- September run is a proper, proper horse, as is Portland Sky. Why would you kick him off on a muddy Mooney Valley? Yeah, Portland Sky will probably have to go there because it likes to track and trip and win and so they can talk about the Everest, won't they? <laughs> well, there is that. There is that. And then, like, you think September run to curls, as we've when we, when we had him on the show, Uncle Chris... Um, mm. God, I heard some. Anyway, um, he's a he's a he's a platform operator. He's a traditionalist. He likes to keep things the same. You know, so this is probably the run he wants to get to the next run he wants to get to the grand final he wants. So, um, obviously, there's all these guys want to run, but it's just a case of if Jackson's right, which often he is, and the predicted precipitation comes, it's just going to be out out of everyone's control. Yes, indeed. Have we talked about the rain enough? Do you reckon? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It was in the noms for the Concord Stakes. Was that September run? I thought I'd seen it in the all-in market. I didn't look. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think they're the two class runners, aren't they? Well, clearly they are. They're definitely the two class runners, but like the last time we saw a wet, even if they run, the last time we saw a wet Mooney Valley, it was mad on pace. And September runs going to probably get back from that from that barrier first up, not yeah. going to be suited. And, and there is right now, as it looks without scratchings, a really good amount of tempo here. Like Ashlaw, Inferno, Wisdom of Water, Fine Dane, Sir Callahad, and Estella Rocker all could lead. So first up, Damien at the Everest, Portland Sky, they're going to they're going to go across. I don't think they will. So oh, they'll go back and both. Yeah. Which, so that therefore they're both probably not going to be suited. Too many question marks. Don't bet yet. 
Yep. Wait till you get more information, guys. And also, as when you said mad on pace, we're not just talking about the leader or OSL were the only two horses in the race. We're talking about a 40-length spread across the entire field as well. It was unbelievable. Didn't a, yeah. didn't a horse that won at the Kerrang non-tabs lead all the way at that meeting last year? Because yep. it led? Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. There was what a, a sport. Good dolphin horse. A bet easy put up 240. It was like a $1.90 shot. Mm. Zara, I think, was on. Yeah. From memory, anyway, uh, race eight, the Fiam. He won't be there on Sunday. Uh, Superstorm favorite five dollars will be probably last and netting a catapult if that day eventuates. Uh, Sierra Sue six, Elephant six fifty. You've got Shot of Irish and the Chosen One around eleven dollars. Nonconformist best of days thirteen fourteen dollars a piece. Dickens. Hey. Okay, let's. I'll start with the bet and then I'm going to work back from there and try and explain my thinking. We've, we've had a tiny bet, so I suggest you have maybe $10 on Sovereign Award at $41, I think it was. It's uh, it, 26 best available. Because I also have $20 on at 26, Peter, number 12 Sovereign Award, who went extremely fast last start, and may, that, may, that may well be the end of it. Um, D-Lane lit the thing up where he couldn't stop it. It, it, it went 12.5 to the 600, um, entitled to drop out like shot first up. But it's... Its stats here are what's sparked my interest as a starting point. So if you look at the horse itself, you can completely forgive the last run. It's track and distance. It's four wins from five attempts. It's four wins from six attempts at the track. It's six wins from eight attempts at the distance. It's three wins from five starts on a soft and two uh, seconds. So every time it's run on a soft track, it's one, it's one or run second. It's never seen a heavy. But when it's soft data is stronger than it's good data i'm going to give it i'm going to make a favorite to go okay on a reasonably heavy track i'm talking heavy eights nines not heavy 40s yep. like jackson's predicting <laughs> so i just thought at 41 dollars given it's barrier seven they can't slow it down too much it's gonna it's gonna lead which we're, we're thinking is gonna be the spot to be i thought at 41 dollars it's a bet to nothing because the two other horses i quite liked in this race were elephant who i think they've they've not giving you the opportunity to back it, the price have gone up. And Sierra suit. Now that's barrier one and barrier two. So with the rain around, it can't be a good thing to be in there still, worse than midfield or midfield. Uh Superstorm, it's never seen a never really performed on a soft Peter, let alone a heavy. Well, this isn't its grand final. I doubt they run, but if they do, it's gonna be worse than midfield and not suited. Uh the the import Dawn Patrol Hard to line up completely. Got no idea really, but it's it's Barry Eleven. First start. What are they going to do? They're probably going to go back. Not suited. Same with Port Gulliam. And then the other horse that half stood out. There's two. Is Best of Days, who's going to get a good run, but I don't think wants it soft or heavy. And then Shot of Irish. And if I'm just happy to, to take on Talia Hope in a group race, basically. Yeah. It does look like it swims and it could get the right run, but like seriously, please. Yeah. Superstorm's only start in the heavy was in the Golden Eagle. He actually finished off pretty well, but he had that really wide gate and was just basically like eight, nine lengths off them the whole time. So I wouldn't pen him on the wet, so to speak. I think Stormy Nova's side of the breeding would probably be okay, but you have to be just kept skeptical of backing a horse this far out before you know what the track's doing. Yeah, if you look at his sort of the the profile from last start, last prep in Victoria, it, it was third and fourth up that he really got through his gears. Yeah. And I anticipate the same sort of setup here. And Danio's not back yet. 
Yeah. He's he's gonna he, he shall return. You know, but when? But when? All right, Dickens. So I'd rather take Danio's other shot at forty-one bucks. Indeed. Okay, recapping bets. Race three, one hundred dollars on Taunting at three dollars fifty. Race eight, twenty dollars on Sovereign Award at twenty-six dollars. Currently standing at five hundred and seventy dollars in profit to start the spring. Very good, Dickens. Shane Curlio, uh, would you like to G'day, run us Peter. through Eagle Farm? Because I believe you don't yeah. have a great deal of time for this meeting. No, no time at all for this meeting. Um, this is like, this is what happens when the trainers don't want to run horses at Eagle Farm. You get these small fields, and um, um, I don't like it at all. Race one, I don't like. As what probably wins, it's got the claim, but it's three dollars, and it's only had one run at Eagle Farm, and it failed. So we don't really want to take three dollars, but it could probably win. Um, race two, I think on the stream I was talking about Finiscar. Finscale, uh, last time I thought it was a good chance at it, at um, in that sort of eight ten dollar market ran second and but this is a bad race once again with uh, a few horses that have run at the track and failed so this like and that's the theme through the whole meeting like race three is a six horse race over a mile with a few chances race four we've had a bet Peter oh just the one bet. We're on number four, Navy Cross. Now, one thing oh. I have been no- noticing not, about this... It's not these... hard to tell which one you've backed, is it? It's just... They just turn it right off. It's, it's come in 12.5% off what it was. That's why I get on board with the um, the King of Queensland, Shane Shelley. So one of the things that I... Um, Gucci, man. ...have been noticing about these Queensland prices is that there's a number of people just taking the early price, whatever goes up on what they think will start shorter. And it's a thing, right? Um, it's a growing thing, I think. I don't know whether they're uh, Arbors, Airbnb, um, Arbors. <laughs> Sorry, not Airbnb, it's Arbors. Airbnb. It's easily confusing. I've been looking at the form for 16 hours straight at Urban. Don't even know who's <laughs> calling for a drink. Um, so it's just been something that's been going on. So like this turned off. This was like 480. Well, I think it opened 480, and that price evaporated very quickly. Um, but it's just like it brings a different form line. The others are well exposed. It's it's just going to lead and run them along. And, and leading and running along at Eagle Farm in the last few weeks has has been um, a winning formula. So I think. It's got 55 kilos as well, weighted. Has been at Eagle Farm once prior as a three-year-old and ran third in the rough habit plate at group level. Um, the horses that beat it uh, home that day were like uh, Ballistic Boy and something else, Super Giant, that have won races, well, you know, since. And a list of winners um, finished behind it that day. So it should just, with the 55 kilos weighted well against that that mob, it should just lead and win, I think. Um, and then you got the rest of the card pistol with uh, horses that have performed well at the track, but there's two of them and they're the standouts and they're both $2.30, $2.50. You see that through the rest of the card. And I probably just won't get involved at all, really. Um, but, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. I think it's a, it's a really quiet betting action day for me. I can't see anything that's um, that is overs what it should be. Everything's sort of pretty well found. The scratchings have sort of sorted a few races out to a few chances that could go either way and there's no sort of value guessing which one of the three can win. So um, 
Let's hope for a meaty, uh, meaty. Let's hope for a oh. a better card at the Gold Coast in Toowoomba for okay. us. Okay, all right. Throw all some right. news. Stay tuned for that. Uh, let's do some quick fire Q and A, shall we? This is from Max. Maybe be hard with COVID and could change with no mounting yard, but have you ever done analysis on the results of early bets versus bets placed just before the races? Obviously, there's a pro of getting the early prices versus having all the information closer to the race, but possibly missing the best price. That's from Max. Yeah, we've. Uh, if you head to the website, themailbag.com.au, look at the results. The movers product was early, and the mounting yard mail product was late. So you can compare them there for me. Now, now it's one holistic thing because I like to take positions as the game's changed early sometimes and uh, nibble late. So I think, say, the Mooney Valley meeting, like we've, I've said a few times, there's a heap of predicted precipitation. So I only want to take one, two, three small positions really early because there's so much more information we're going to get closer to the jump. Um, but, you know... If we're racing at Flemington and there was a tiny bit of rain predicted, I wouldn't care because it's not going to really change the track and they would have watered that anyway. I might do... So, like, last week we spent 10.5 units at Caulfield and we we won. It was the right decisions. This week we're going to spend 2.2 units before the first at Mooney Valley because there's a lot more variables. Um, Yeah. It's just a... it's, It's one whole thing for me now. Yeah. And, and there's so many different variables that mean that, that late's better or late's worse to each time. They're just individual factors. If you've got a horse marked as an overlay and it's got a good map, what's what are you waiting for? Yeah, well, say say last week too. So um, we want to be with Tarith. Right? I marked yeah. Tarith at dollar sixty. If if I over overrate how important it is to see the horses. And that I can't make a decision without seeing the horses or, or knowing the, the track pattern. Once I see the horse parade okay or well, instead of taking two twenty, which we did take, I've now got to make a decision about taking a dollar sixty. Yep. And so it's you, then yeah, and you probably wouldn't take a dollar sixty even if you found a dollar fifty five. That wouldn't be enough of an edge for me. Then there's no bet we missed a winner. So um, with the NBLs and you know Curly in Queensland sort of. I think it's like a different life cycle at the moment to, to what it is in Victoria, where there's like Curly saying it's kind of like getting quick and just smack them. Not, it's not like been a lot of work done at Mooney Valley because no one knows what the track's going to do because yeah. of the pre- predicted precipitation. And worst case, hypothetically, if Taraf paraded awful, you've got the opportunity to hedge, leverage, trade out, yeah. whatever you want. The sort of like it's not it's not the be all and end all, but the early bets. I expect them to win or be great great bets, but I really want them to beat the market so we can make another decision if we want to, either to just to get out of that one horse or we can add a few more to our team because we've beaten the market. Yep. So Curly's, Curly's going to head to race four at Eagle, is it Eagle Farm, I think, mm-hmm. and he's going he's gonna to beat the market by like probably 17% by the time that comes. So he's going to be in a position where... He's allowed easily within his own book to, to, to back one or two others if he wants. And particularly if I was race eight and it had been like a clear pattern that he can eliminate half the horses again. 
it'll probably leave him with one or two that he wants to be with that he isn't already with. And because he's in a great position, he can do that. Yeah, look, there's a lot of like a lot of variables go into it, a little bit of guesswork as well in betting into the right races where you think the price is going to shorten and the field's going to hold up. There was one yesterday that I took a great early price, and then after race two, it tripled in price because the one of the other leaders, mapped leaders, was scratched, and there was no way you could make ground, so it was dead. The bet was dead effectively so a lot of variables go into it yeah okay whatever i'm i'm taking the big overlays and betting late and bet the drift you see how much i've been betting the drift at the provincials Mm. a lot all right anyway this is from serby uh we've got two more three more uh (laughs) this is from serby how do you adjust ratings and prices for horses first time around the valley eg superstorm this weekend are there signs you can look to are there signs you can look to that say a certain horse will handle it better than others? It's a good question. Yep, it is. Um, to keep it simple, I just want to, if you were worried about it, you want it to have some speed so it can set, settle a bit further forward than midfield and you want it to be drawn sort of three to seven. So it's likely to be, but one pair off or rails in run, so it gets help cornering, but it's not too far back to make ground once it's cornered. So, like, if it's got to go back and then it's got to circle, because they, they, they're going the fastest they go, I'd say, on average, at, the, at Mooney Valley would be while they go past the Legends Bar, which is the corner coming into the straight. And then they're kind of just like last man standing in the straight. So they're really accelerating as they're turning sharply. So if you can be in the pack getting, like, helped, I think that's a that's an asset to a horse there first time. But it's certainly a unique track that suits that suits certain horses. I just there'd be rule number one, which is rule number one, always was and always will be. Don't force it if you're not confident that Superstorm like we are. I'm, not, I'm thinking it's going to go worse in midfield. Not going to be t- taking any risk. Ollie's not going to be taking any risk. Like Ollie and Willow are just about to win so much prize money. They will. They would just like they wouldn't be able to sleep if they got suspended for taking a stupid risk in the next couple of weeks. So they're, they're not going to barge out on Superstorm. That's why yesterday, race one, you just love to see the goat just get those massive pythons and just hit three wide, no cover, out of trouble, clear air, beautiful. Yep. Yep. And uh, yell really loud. Oh, does he yell, does he? Apparently. Big yeller. Uh, we've got one from Rosie here, Mug Punter. Uh, with all the Lloyd Williams runners in on Saturday at the Valley, how do you handle them when you do your form? Just watch the market. Um, try and avoid betting in the races they're in heavily if they're backed. Yeah, how would you know? Yeah. They wouldn't know. Um, Who's training Lloyd's at the moment? Lloyd. Uh, who's, who's, who's officially who's training Lloyd's? Yeah, I, I don't know. Don't uh, how's, well, they've got. Wonder who's going to ride them because it'll be Jai, I guess. Because Melon was the man. Jamie was on a few as well, wasn't she last year? Or was that just one? I can't remember. I don't know. I can't even find one on now. Uh, okay, uh, Tixie's got a question. I got a question from me. I got a question from me first. Oh. Curls. Okay. With, with the Gucci loafers, no sock <laughs> operator. Um, do you go to like? Would you go to the shops right now? I'm assuming you've got tracksuit pants on and the mailbag hoodie. 
Mm. Would you go to the shops right now and just like grab the bread or whatever in the Gucci loafers and the hoodie? Yeah, I've given up um, concerning <laughs> myself with how I look in public. <laughs> it's not really Gucci loafer weather though. It has been running a little bit up here. So I'm certainly not going to get them wet. Have you got um, the waterproof spray yet? The dubbing, do you dubbing them? Like no, 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 dubbing, no, eh? no, 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 no. Gucci shoes don't have any exterior liquids or polishes or anything like that. <laughs> Until the he quality. puts his ramen nah. shit all over it. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. They're, they're, exclusively, they're exclusively for yielding sales and walking around dodging horse shit. With my chino shorts and my cotton shirt, <laughs> um, I look forward to bringing out come January. <laughs> which uh, which branded hat are you going for? Are you going for the Mercedes? You going for the? Uh... Nah, we're going with the Cobras. Oh. I'm gonna buy everyone a Cobras. Well, I might be wearing it in a Cobra because I'm an Italian descent and I don't wear a Cobras. <laughs> <laughs> mate, will... <laughs> Dior, do your research, mate. Do some research. Uh, I'm not wearing a Cooper. Do some research on Aaron Williams. No, I'm not wearing a Cooper. I don't care. I just had no, to well, he, he's not in... <laughs> I can't wait to get into Cooper. I'll look like a scarecrow. It'll be great. I'll terrify people. <laughs> you look like a tab account. You look like an tab account manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do I come up with this shit, honestly? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, man, I'll be his myself. <laughs> that was your best for Monday. Uh, anyway, question from Tiggs. With the heavy rain forecast, surely barrier one for Bella Nipotina is probably no good and current prices unders. Are wild playing at away game, pint off, etc. Better suited, drawn wide and coming with sweeping runs wide and up the middle of the straight. Tiggs, as usual, you're probably spot on right. Um, the way we priced them, we, we sort of found Bella Nipotina better. Just like you're saying, when there's no way we're going to pull the trigger at this point, uh, I think if the track was firm, it, it deserves to be the price it is. But yeah, it's favourite to not be firm, so it's not a bet. And um, uh, just on cue, here he is. What? What's he? What's he got on him? A week ahead. <laughs> oh, no, we don't do that today, do we? We've already announced the show. He's been in the deep dive. And, oh, yeah, uh, we have. Uh, um, that's all right. We'll, we'll edit it down and post. No one will notice. All right. Hey, you covered in no. crap. Oh, we'll get on me. Extra. Right, oh, no. that's, that's probably the show because he's not going to go anywhere, guys. Um, don't blame me. Blame Danny Andrews, who's shut down daycare centres <laughs> for non essential workers, but not going to. Again, maybe it's because we're letting people vote who ingest horse wormer to get rid of COVID. The democracy is fucked. Bye for now. Get the Platinum Pack and bet with us every single day.